G'day listeners, welcome to Full Metal Movie Reviews. We're back, we're doing it again, Full Metal Flashback. Um, we had such a fun time last week, we decided we'd do it again. And in preparation of the Blade Runner sequel, Blade Runner 2049, we decided to review the original Blade Runner. With me to discuss Ridley Scott's sci-fi epic is Dave from Sydney. Dave, how are you? Hey mate, how you going? Yeah, good brother, good and all the way in sunny Southeast Asia is Rob. Hey, Rob. Bubba, bubba, dub, dub. <laughs> um, fellas, I got a, I got a massive head cold. So, listeners, if you hear heavy breathing, it's because I have to breathe through my mouth. So I'll probably be muting myself a lot of this conversation. Um, all right, fellas, let's get into it. This is one of the, uh, I guess, cult sci-fi films of, or the greatest cult sci-fi films of all time. What are your initial thoughts, Davo? Fire it off. Let's get let's get it going. Um, well, I I thought it was uh, it's interesting. Um, I I picked up a lot more themes this time. Like, I've seen this movie maybe four times now, um, and spanned over a number of years. And I think um, whilst like some of the effects and all that don't hold up, obviously because it's you know quite an old film now. I think some of the themes um, have held up really well and story-wise and some of the epicness, um, I think it's becoming more and more relevant, uh, relevant Sorry, um, when we're looking at what's happening in like robotics and AI today. So uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, so I think overall, I think the movie, it, it definitely deserves its cult status. Um, I'll say that. Because from memory, I don't believe this was a hit when it was originally released. Is that right, Sam? No, that's right. It was a flop. So it was a budget of $28 million and only made $34 million at the box office. Yeah. So, I mean, because I can't understand it. I think it is one of those things where you kind of take more away from it the more you watch it. Um, I don't know if you guys feel the same way or... I think this this movie's like it's a it is a pretty good depiction of a dystopian future. It kind of gets some things on the head, like how the world either speaks Mandarin or English. There is no other language, um, and we seem to be all just living in massive sort of glass box skyscrapers in all very urban condensed space spaces, which is pretty much how everything's going, particularly in Australia anyway. So. Yeah, it- I actually, I picked up on that. Like, at first, I never noticed the overpopulation issue or, like, the um, million people everywhere. And then after, I, I mean, Sydney's pretty dense. Um, obviously, not as dense as some Asian cities or uh, some European ones. But, like, I was like, shit, yeah, nah, it definitely feels like that. You're trying to fucking run through the city, like, when he's chasing down that skin job. And you just can't get past people without just smacking into someone. Yeah, and like just when he goes to eat, there's just a crowd of people at a noodle bar, and he's just like, oh, fuck, I just want some noodles. And it's like, and he's speaking Mandarin, he's speaking English to the cook who's speaking Mandarin back, but they both kind of understand each other. So obviously, the world's just kind of, you know, amalgamated into one hot mess of just people everywhere. What did you think about like the constant rain? I think they did that to hide, I think the, I think the dark color scheme and the, and the constant rain was used to hide the um, sort of, I guess, shitty sets or the 80s looking you know what I mean like not shitty sets but because it's because I'll try to articulate it this way when you when when movies try to look futuristic they set themselves or they um they age themselves in whatever they think the future looks like in that time period so if you look at say Star Trek from the 70s you, that's like, oh, that's what the 70s thought the future would look like you look like the future in the 80s what's what the people in the 80s thought the future would look like does that make sense he tried to yeah, shroud amb- but ambiguity. Don't, don't discount the fact that I think this is a, has a very strong film noir style. I think the rain was kind of adding to that that whole theme, like you know, with the jackets, nineteen fifties look, like that. The film noir has a very certain characteristic to it, if you know what I mean. So I don't know. I, I think whilst I agree, like it could have been like a Dunkirk only cast white guys to save budget type thing. Um, I think there's also other style because it's too in, like the rain's too invasive for it to be just sort of hide the the sets and stuff like that or to cover up the detail. Yeah, that's what I mean. So that's that's probably why they did because the sets would probably be really small, um, and to give it sort of like a 
a bigger scope. They just put rain and put it, people everywhere so that, um, you know, it makes it look a bit more claustrophobic and you can't really see too far, you know, into the what's in the background. Yeah, well, I, I'd agree with you. I just don't think it's purely cost-driven. Like, I think that was done on purpose. Oh, they yeah. they want it to seem like that with a get-off-world, right? Where's those ads, like, you know, if you want to leave and that sort of shit. Yeah, that's true. They made, they made Earth look as shitty as possible. Um, what's the deal with, you know how when they're flying the car and they're going past all the billboards and there's all those flames um, going off in the sky in the skyline, sorry. Is that like are they living amongst gas fields or something where they have to control burn offs? What is what is all that about? Well we have an engineer with us, so maybe he's best place to uh size what your burn off is for. The engineer's on a ship break. He just texts me on WhatsApp. <laughs> you have to quit take a quick shit. <laughs> okay, okay. So then uh, <laughs> you know what? That's uh, all right. If, well, if maybe we'll, we'll park that, that one. We'll park it. Park it. Oh, we'll yeah, park it. We'll park it. Well, okay, moving on, though. I, I do think some of that stuff was pretty deliberate. Um, I think I haven't actually read Do Androids Dream Electric Shit, which I know this is based off of, and I wonder if there's just some, like, stuff in the book that gets, like, sort of translated over. Like, they just, you know, when they just sort of take things as, like, a throwback to a book and you need to read it and there'll be a short description of what that sort of stuff is. But, like, in a movie, they just kind of add it in for, like, the thematic world building and it's just, like, extra sort of lore-type stuff that you won't, really ever know and then it becomes fan fiction that sort of shit so i don't know i think there's like quite a few things like that but um yeah i i would agree i think the set the sets sam i thought actually like the interiors looked pretty awesome though like they gave some wicked scale to the the like awesome lifestyle um of the the doctor yeah the tyrell corp execs had it sweet like literally sweet was that literally a pyramid to their greatness that's amazing yeah, and I think, again, that was obviously thematically done. Like, this was a really artistic film. Um, like, obviously, that was, like, that was another, per- like, purposeful choice, I guess. Like, the whole, like, the Egyptian theme to everything. Well, that's what I took away from it anyway. Like, you got, yeah. like, Deckard's apartment, which has, like, all that um, iconography just in the walls. Yeah. Like, the, the tiling used. Yeah. Um, and you're right, the pyramids with, like, the, yeah. the scientists are the, kind of like the new gods. I well, found that's it, like super no, super back. detailed. <laughs> he's back, everyone. Yeah. I'm back. How's the how's the, uh, lighter, how's on, the lighter on your toes now, man? <laughs> yeah, uh, I I uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but um, <laughs> I know it. But, but uh, uh, I, I found that the screenplay was um, probably my favorite part of the whole thing um, because everything was so super detailed and just so interesting with every scene. It's just so much like everything like is uh, I guess meaningful. Um, hey, um, and Rob. Uh, the scenes look awesome, right? Mm. So, just thought I expanded what you're saying about like his apartment for one, you know. Um, we we're saying, you know, in the in the opening scenes when he's flying in the car and he's on you know, the cityscape yep. is sprawled out. Why are there like controlled burns of fire just going up randomly? Are they living in gas fields or whatever? Like, why would that be happening? Don't know. No <laughs> idea. Do you think it's Usually, random though? Usually burn on an oil rig to control uh, excess discharge of gas, so that you can control the burn, so that it doesn't it doesn't blow up by itself somewhere else. You're like controlling how it blows up. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they're like so pressurized with gas that they have to burn it off so that it doesn't explode. Yeah, but why would they build a city know. next to it? Like that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, that could be right because that could be human waste. Like that could be a lot of different things, Sam. Like that's, yeah. It, not just like a gas field. Maybe, maybe it's it's uh, junkyards that are pressurized and they're using energy to the the methane that comes off it to power the city or some shit and who knows something like that. So energy related, we can just leave it at that. I think maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Alrighty. Um. <laughs> we go back around to what uh, Rob was saying though, because I think that's really the crux of it. Because I mean, you can sort of like have a laugh at some of the scenes and the the sets and stuff like that, Sam. But I think the longevity of this film really does come back to its content and some of the symbology and the things it's talking about with, um, like, the whole... The the, uh, the way the world's heading now, like, I think this was, this was really a, a precursor to what, I guess, some people's fears are and adding the whole, like, morality around creating... It's effectively replacements of humans. I guess it's like this that um, I personally think that like dystopian stories are, uh, or settings rather are, are actually really interesting 
Um, there's like a few different. Everyone's got their own uh, like preferences for what what type of settings and and broad categories of, of stories they like that they'll like better than others. But um, for me, like the whole futuristic dystopian thing is like always super interesting. Like, yeah, uh, I, mean, I guess say like Terminator Two's got a little bit of that as well, and and all, all these other great movies have a little bit of that. But this one was just like. So it's all going to shit and corporations are now in charge and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Metaphors. Um, yeah. All right. Here's a question for you, fellas. So out of the all the 80s evil corporations, we got the Tyrell Corp in this one. We got Wayland Corp in um, Aliens and Cyberdyne Systems from Terminator. Which fictional corporation is the most evil? I think that's a misnomer of a question, man. None of them are evil. Like it's... Here we go. Like, how's Tyrell? Yeah, but here we go. The uh, the the public defense for the corporations. Skynet is not evil, though. (laughs) What do you mean? That's what I mean. (laughs) None of them are evil. Because the whole story with Skyrail, Skynet is like um, they created it and then they wanted to stop it, knowing that it was wrong or something. So they had like a nuclear strike against the the robots, right? Isn't that how it sort of played out? Oh, they came from the robots and nuked everyone else. Didn't they try to shut it down though? I thought there was like some some point where they yeah tried they did to, they, they, they tried to shut it down and then they nuked Russia and Russia nuked back yeah so so in doing that I would I would think that it's not totally evil that that, that they didn't start out saying well we want to create a master race of robots to take over the world you know well they should have thought about it what they're doing then hey yeah but it's like that's scientists work to I, conclusions I, I wouldn't say they're totally evil I'd, I'd say they just botched um, it just well it okay so what are the purpose of having a Skynet to have a great army is that not evil. No, Skynet was just a... Uh, I think we're straying too far from this film, though. It was a, it was a, it was, that's the thing with you guys. It was a, just a one-off... It was a, it was a off-the-cuff, let's have a chuckle comment, and then let's go... And then Dave just instantly deep, metaphoric, introspective. But what is evil? Fuck, I don't know. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Talk no, about what you I, want. What, what I'm saying is, Sam, and like, you don't have to be a jerk about it, but it, I, in the context of all those films... It's not that they're evil. I think it's just that all those movies explore like the hubris of mankind. So, and like what Rob said, none of them are inherently evil. They're just trying to make the most ultimate thing they're trying to make. And that's the common theme with all of them. The only exception is possibly Wayland, which has an actual intent for creating a super soldier and wants to do that through the use of the whole alien creation thing. So, all right, maybe there's an argument to say Wayland Corp has a bit more of a sinister undertone. Tyrell Corp and um, the Terminator one, I don't think uh, uh, there's any inherent evil. Like, because in this, in Blade Runner, how is creating a replicant evil? Like, what, what's the aspect of it that's evil? Um, okay, so they give them limited lifespans. They build them to die, so they have a specific lifespan to do one. They're basically slaves. They're, they're creating life. To be subservient and not to have but, a life. But is own. it life though? Is it life though? Because um, um, if he can have conscious thought, then yes. Yeah, but that's by your definition. Oh my god, you guys are crazy. You guys no, are crazy. We're not, How's that, that not life? The point, no, Sam. That's the point of the movie, right? You, you've hit it. Because at, at the end, I think that's the conclusion we're supposed to draw when Ruka Hoyer's character actually saves Harrison Ford. Is that they, you're right? By the end of the movie. everyone's conclusion is supposed to be that these guys are actually no different, right? He fears death. He wants his last act to be an act of humanity by saving uh, Deckard, and he does it, and, you know, the whole releasing of the pigeon shit, right? I I get it, but at the start of the movie, though, these guys don't see them as creating life. They see them as creating, like, super tech machines. No, that's wrong. To be used as tools. But that's false, though, because... You don't know, so I guess when you see the replicants, you don't actually know. Mm, I guess it's not false. You know that they're made with organs. So you can think they're androids, because doesn't actually specifically say how they're, you know. The, the way made. that they're introduced makes it sound like they're something that is purely created to make mankind's life easier. Yeah. Um, because they don't have the manpower to exploit resources in other areas. So, so they slaves. create a machine. Yeah, they create a machine. Well, I mean, is a is a is a automated garbage truck a, a slave or is it a, a machine no, that does it? Right, because an automated like, garbage then, truck has specific 
programming it doesn't have the ability to know that it's an automated yeah so, garbage so truck. now we've got we've got a slave that they've they've nutted they've they've been able to crack that it can become let's say self-aware right and now make decisions and stuff and i guess that's then the whole the whole argument of the movie right is is that at what point do these things become uh something that you should be uh have empathy for Probably gone forever, but okay. So and and the other thing is, the other your thing interpretation, is, sorry, though, Rob, is it are these yep. things are these things, you know, life? Um, in your opinion, my my opinion changed at the end because of the um the sort of uh, um empathy that they were able to show. But at the start, you know, when the guy like gets um he's getting uh, examined by the other agent, forget his name, um. And then just snaps and shoots the guy and stuff. You sort of think that these things are just killing machines, or they're just things that just want to um, survive and and don't care and and whatever, right? So, you know, you, you can't. Um, I don't want to say empathize again, but you can't really like uh, feel like they're they're human because of that. You feel like they're they're not the same as you. You, you feel like they're they're different and they're scary and and therefore uh, they're dangerous. Right. But towards the end of the movie, I think that. You know, they they your opinion shifts because you find yeah. out they're they're more human than you thought. All right, can I ask this question? So, say if you you one day just had consciousness, I guess it was hard to conceptualize this question, but I'll try anyway. Say one day you were just say you were a, a, a replicant, and your purpose was to be. You know, they got those comfort replicants that are pretty much just whores, right? Yep. And you know you're a whore, and that's all it is that you just being a whore for four years. If you're to you, this is going back to your theory about the automatic garbage truck. Mm-hmm. If you know you're a whore and that that's your life, are you saying that's the point where you would say that that's person, that's life? Or is it if you're just a whore and you, or you don't, you don't know that you're going to die in four years and then that's all you're doing. Is that well, life? Um, does that make sense for that question? Like, yeah, yeah, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like uh, the other thing is with the context of the movie. I think that um, a few few things is, let's say that the assistant Rachel, I think she didn't actually realize she was a replicant, right? Or she she at least believed she was human to begin yeah. with. And she, so she's one of these. Um, well, was she a Nexus Six or was she something else? Because my so, interpretation. Then. I think well, she was the next one. She was, she was the latest version out. Latest version out. Yeah, they, they did the memory implants to avoid. Yeah, the Nexus Sixes. My my um, my interpretation of it is that these replicants have evolved, right? So uh, potentially the ones that go haywire and start as killing are like the ones that are closest to being human, and then she's one of those experimental ones with the memories put in. So she, as far as as far as for all intents and purposes, she's probably no different to a human except for the fact that she's got a kill switch or whatever she'll die at some point right so yeah um, she does because she, she has those memories she doesn't think yeah. that she's not human yeah i mean so, it's, it's, okay so that's my next question if they're purposely making these people think that they're not human they're trying to stop them from being human and having conscious thought it's a fact that they're evil well, so so the i guess what you're asking um is a moral question um, so going well, back to I the mean, one, get, it's going a long way to, to get to it, but I just wanted to, no, 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 to no, no. prove that these these guys were assholes. That's how no, that because was my you were saying you were saying like um, uh, whether one's been created to be a prostitute and that's all she's going to be, right? So um, if if the well, replicant was um, programmed so that it couldn't care about what it did and it just functionally did what it was meant to do, um, it's not as immoral as if. It was a replicant that was like Rachel, and thought she was a human, and uh, has a full life ahead of, uh, behind her and ahead of her in her mind, and is doing that job because she either has to or like either is 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 pretty much constrained to doing it by force, or she has to do it because of social circumstances or something like that. Right? Then then it's sort of like immoral, right? But but if it's just a if it's just a robot that's been created and the robot doesn't care and doesn't know any better and all that sort of stuff, then it's it's still pretty immoral. But I would say it's less immoral, right? Because no, the, I agree with you. But my argument is that's a spectrum. That that's yep. probably sounds that logic's very reasonable. But what I'm saying is, it's evil of Wayland Corp to create life 
and then inhibit that or prevent that life so or restrict that life to so it has one, cool. yeah, one job. You. you know it's what I mean? That's why I agree with you. Yeah. So you so uh, you create okay. you, you, you create something but, that's where you create something that has unlimited potential and can literally replicate human uh, capacity for thought and action and all that sort of stuff. But then you purposely put these um, internal blocks in the brains or the emotions, whatever you do, to prevent that person from fully developing their emotions and then also give it a shortened lifespan to prevent these guys from ever, you know, well, having can I, life. Can I, can that's I that with a life. That's the definition of you. It has to be. Can I, can I answer that with a question? Yeah. So I guess it would be like if you do create something, right, um, let's, let's loosely define life as something that can think for itself. Um, and so, so you know what I mean by that, right? Um, self-aware, yeah. Yeah. Is it, uh, does the creator of that at the point of creation lose the right to control that life? Yes. Yes. I guess you could just steal our argument into that, right? It's no longer yours. It's not your life. Yeah. You can't so extend. If it's, I mean, like parents, I guess if you have a kid, you have to mm. nurture them to their out of age where they can make decisions for themselves and hopefully you've done a good enough job where they have a sound sort of judgment process, right? But when that, yep. say that kid and legally turns 18 in the adult age, mm-hmm. then you're, what you're fundamentally saying is the equivalent would be to stop that kid from doing what he can, like they can achieve. Well, yeah, the, the, where, the, where this becomes a sliding scale of, um, of uh, morality is, 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 is essentially along the sliding scale of how human are these things, right? So if it's the mm. generation one replicant where it's like uh, probably doesn't look human, then maybe not. But if it's Nexus six or Rachel, Rachel grade, yeah, so we we have I, these things now though, right? Yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. Equivalent, you're equating today. life to to what humans look like though. That's the other thing. I mean, life looks mm. different. Okay, but Sam, is the sex robots today that have been pumped out of Japan are those companies evil right now? No, because what I'm saying, Dave, is those sex robots. Okay, yeah, don't I get have that. I get that. Yeah, yeah, the self awareness thing. What about version two when they start talking, and they no, can hold a conversation? Because the, the, we don't like, have AI evil? as it is. You know, you you don't have. They basically. They right, I get pre- that. Yeah. So let's say the corporation then releases a version three, and it's got machine learning, and then the machine learning knows how to get you off faster. <laughs> what about that? No, seriously though. It's the same thing, like as in the lifespan. So the corporation no, has started not, off it's apparently not the same evil. thing. Yeah, I, I, iteration. I I I I, uh, I tend to agree with Dave where he's going with this because he's sort of um he's sort of like uh, extrapolating right um using the same logic this movie did um yes. I, I just laughed because the way he said it was really funny. No, but <laughs> what I'm saying yeah, is okay. It's not AI. It's not AI. You can't think for itself. No, no, it's no but imagine that listen the, to make a response. You make say something, it then goes. You said these words. Look it up. My response is this, based on previous X, whatever. That's let's, not. Let's make the assumption that they nutted out and they they develop a, a sex robot that can do that. So AI. Then, yeah. No, but that's yeah. what I'm saying, Sam. And then and then you've got the next version and the next version, right? And then at some point you give it full blown legs and it's anatomically correct to the nth degree, right? And you're 15 versions down the road. And then you're like, okay, let's do, let's get the machine learning uh, algorithm to the next stage as well, where it can predict what you're going to want. Okay, so this the, these iterations keep happening, and the new versions keep getting better, and the new, um, uh, I guess, capabilities of the machine keep taking it to the next evolution. And I think what you're missing in the way you assess this film is that the start of this movie is effectively that the Nexus 6 is the version where it becomes self-aware. Like, it's the awakening of the... It's, it, it's kind of like analogous to the awakening of mankind, right? So you've had... The, the Tyrell Corp has been doing this iterative um, creation of Machine Slave, and then all of a sudden it got to the point where it's taken it to self-awareness... And now those robots have gone, what the fuck? This is shit, what I'm doing right now. I want more life. I've had these experiences. I've seen all this stuff. It's going to disappear when I die. I want to go meet my maker. 
you know, take it to the next level. And they're not masters of their own destiny and, and hence the rebellion. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think you gotta, you got to understand, man, like Nexus 6 was that awakening. But my, my point wasn't that, Dave. My point wasn't about that long diatribe of, of, of I'm missing the issue. My point was that Wayland Corporation is evil. Tyrell. Tyrell Corporation was evil for the practices that they were doing. But no one starts off evil. That's my point, man. It's just, it's just how it's, it's just how it's. It doesn't up. matter how you right? start. It, it, if you do practice that is wrong, if you kill someone tomorrow, you went, you didn't. We weren't born evil, Dave. But if you do something wrong tomorrow, it's evil. Done. So I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's certainly true that you could say a lot of things that we consider evil now um, probably started off with uh, good intentions, right? That's why they say that that saying, right? The path to hell was paved with good intentions. Yeah, I, I I don't really think it's a main theme of the movie so i think we've spent a lot of time on it man <laughs> like for nothing really hey that's right okay, hey, let's, you guys let's, you let's... guys want to you you want to get the open up about the morality of corporations let's go down this rabbit hole no the mor- it's not necessarily a morality of corporations it's more if you want to talk about morality it's creating an extermination force in a police department that goes around hunting these things down and i think decade the character who went through that for the first rebellion, which was the previous generation of bot, right? Realized that it was all pretty fucked up. And then he's like, I'm out, I've retired. Yeah. And then he's been called back to go through it again. And you can tell he struggles with it through his boozing and all this sort of shit. You can tell he's like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, and especially when he meets uh, Rachel and then he has to go back and look at all the old photos of himself to try and reconfirm that you know yeah i'm alive i'm a person and then he's just like this this whole thing's just it's a fucking mess and he just keeps hitting that i think it was johnny was it johnny black or something he was drinking just whiskey just slamming whiskeys mm. like that's more what the movie's about and then again the rookahoya thing right at the end and it's like yeah there's no difference between us and them so okay so you've got these robots right they've for whatever reason, they've been created. Um, they've had their, like, awakening, and they're like, this is shit. And like Rob said, they want to be masters of their own universe and stuff like that. Actually, I thought this was really interesting, Rob, kind of steering it in a slightly different direction now, the convo. But I thought this was kind of a, a cool self-reflection on, like, humans. The robot basically wants to go find God, right? So it, it hasn't, they haven't gone after their, um, like, they, they, they're wanting answers, they want things fixed. They're like, well, you made me. You need to make me like longer. Like, yeah, this Dave, is, can I jump in? I need, yeah. So they're not. What version are they? They were the Nexus Sixes. So then you're saying the Nexus Sevens are the first one that has confident thought. Would it be the Sixes? No, 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 no. no I'm Nexus saying Seven had the implanted memories to make yeah. them, for all intents and purposes. They would, if you told an Nexus Seven that they're a robot, they'd say you're talking shit. Because I remember when I was a kid. But what, so you, but the Sixers so, know they're robots? Yes, um. they do. So this is where I'm saying it's kind of like analogous of like mankind's like awakening type thing, like in early civilization, right? Because you had this... So you've got a being, it's got sentience, and it wants to meet its maker because it's like life... Like you shortchanged me here, man. Like I'm only alive for four years. This is bullshit. I'm like the perfect being in other ways, whatever. He goes, he meets like uh, the Tyrell top dog and the Tyrell do- top dog basically shatters his whole idea of being this all-powerful creator that can fix all his problems. And he's like, fuck you, and kills him, right? Which is awesome, I thought, in a way. So you can consider that like these robots, like the, the, way, the way that becomes analogous is that mankind was probably the same back in the day but instead of just saying, I'm going to go to my father that's, you know, passed on, like, I don't know, genetic disability or some shit, they created this whole idea of God. So mankind never really ever gets to meet its maker. But these robots see their world and everything, and they're like, they actually get to meet theirs and mm-hmm. completely left underwhelmed. And that's when he kills him. And then he kind of just goes on a bit of a rampage, goes after Deckard, and then he's facing his own mortality. And he's like, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'll save Deckard. He's, he's, he is just like every other human. And probably the next uh, levels of 
a robot like with the Nexus 7s. We'll probably go on a similar pathway, but then I guess they'll create their own gods and shit like that. Here's a question. Why, if they can get the Nexus 7s, couldn't they just take the memories from the Nexus 6 and implant them into the 7 and then in, in effect create immortality? I did wonder that, actually. Why couldn't they just transfer the consciousness? Um, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't think of that in the movie, saying where they were writing it. And then I guess then when does it end in terms of the story? Yeah, pretty much. But I think also they probably didn't want to do that because the it's it's easier for them to have robots that have always assumed they were human than what it is to have someone be fully self-aware that they were slaves and that like all their brothers in robotics are slaves. And I, I think we also probably need to, because I know it's a good uh, time to bring up, you mentioned before you didn't know if like they were machines and all that sort of stuff. Um, like un- like componentry, but I- I'm pretty sure that it's all genetics. Like the whole movie, like everyone's like a genetic scientist. Like the theme is like pretty constant through the whole thing. So I think they are all genetically created. So like, uh, what's it called, Rob? Where you've got um, a combinate. Oh, it probably wouldn't even be that. It's like genetic design, basically. Com- so com- it, yeah, it, it kind of like even erodes that line even further, I guess. Like, it was interesting, like, Lo Pan, like, from um, Big Trouble in Little China, he's, like, the eye guy. And, like, you can go down to the street corner and you find, like, a geneticist who's, like, yeah, that's snake scale. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone's become a god in this world. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll just skip along and maybe just talk about the um, the actual movie itself. Um, Rob, here's here's probably the hardest question you're ever going to get asked about this movie. Rate... Decker's jacket out of ten. I'm going. I'm going ten. Um, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> it's a sweet jacket. Yeah, let me you, let me just quickly Google a few images of it. It's a fucking sweet jacket. I wish I could have that jacket. That like long trench coat, but it's like a futuristic. It's fucking sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's got the huge uh, collar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what goes well with it though? What? It's like a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's the best accessory with that jacket is a newspaper. Mm. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet jacket. And and Dave, I fucking what? love the whole setting. Yeah, the, the yeah, whole setting uh, at the start, getting the noodles and shit, and it's just like fuck yeah. What about what about the Atari Corp logo? logo? Yeah, yeah, it's got that one wrong. <laughs> yeah, totally wrong. Got, got that one wrong. Um, I was gonna say, Dave, what did you think of like? Um, like this was the first movie that had flying cars sort of depicted in a, in a motion picture to that extent anyway. But did you get the impression that society in this setting was pretty much two classes, poor and mega rich, and there's literally sort of no middle class? Why is like a geneticist living in a shitty abandoned hotel? You know what I mean? I it's think just weird. I do. But I, I think like that's – they're probably taking it to – like the commodification of that skill set, Sam. So like if you think um, everyone, so like back in the day, right, like when our parents were young, someone that was a computer technician, like everyone would freak out over, like because it's a mad skill or whatever. And then like a couple generations later, everyone can do the same shit that those guys were doing back then. And like as we're getting older, like every kid should be able to code. So every corner store, some kid's going to have like a, a Raspberry Pi or something and can punch out some code to do something or can create a little uh, program to do machine learning or something like that. And then in a generation's time, they're going to be like that. So to me, that whole thing was like geneticists were just like the programmers of today. It's not really a, a special skill so much anymore. So I can see that like those dudes are just like, they're just factory workers rocking up to work to punch uh, card type that thing. That makes sense. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah, like, it, do you know what I mean? Because it's supposed, in theory, back in the day, this movie was quite far into the future. Um, obviously, we're not that far along, but I could imagine in like a hundred years' time, it would be a similar sort of thing. Like, coding evolved so much by then. So, I kind of, I guess from that regard, yeah, you're kind of right. It's like the only rich, the rich, the only real rich person we saw was the dude that owned the company. And then everyone else is just a minion, even the smart guys, they're just minions. I do think that, but I reckon the middle class probably left the planet. 
because they asked they also asked him why they asked jf like well how come you haven't left yet and he's like oh it's because i didn't pass the the medical so i don't know maybe the middle class is actually off world like maybe mars right everyone wants yeah. to go to mars now because yeah. they think the earth is fucked and got this whole but how much do you want to see that movie like when he talks about the, the what does he say the, the the fire ships or the whatever the battle cruisers on that massive monologue at the end when he's just talking about everything he's seen it's like i would love to see that movie we probably would have man like if this took off this it, it, it could have it, maybe it was going to franchise like maybe that was a so okay there's two things one it's super artistic it's slightly self-aware type movie had a lot to say heaps of symbology and a fair bit of lore behind it but like at the same time don't tell me if it didn't make a hundred million dollars for the day that they wouldn't have done the sequel straight away and explored more of that universe and maybe that's what we're getting now like we haven't seen blade runner 2049 so i've got no idea what that's going to be like all the all the themes are already explored in the first one so i'd be super disappointed if they just rehashed it because it's like no i've seen this it's been explored i agree it's morally wrong because well, at the end, the human Rukahoya had his moment. He did it. Don't yeah. fucking rehash it. <laughs> Maybe we get to see some of that shit. Well, Maybe Dave, we you know do. what the actual spiritual um, sequel to, was to this movie, to Blade Runner. This nah, is a what? listeners. This is a sand fun fact for the episode. Um, so basically, have you heard of the 1998 uh, Kurt Russell vehicle Soldier? Yes, I've seen yeah. that movie. <laughs> yeah, okay. So that movie's got a 10% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And what the premise is, is like a super soldier that's been trained since birth. Um, he gets stranded on some island and he's got to kill some soldiers to get off. Whatever, right? It's a trash movie. It's uber trash. That is based on a book by the same author and it's set in the same universe as Blade Runner. Yeah, so. Right. There you go. So if you want to, if you want to see a sequel before you see Blade Runner twenty forty nine, go watch Paul Anderson's Soldier. <laughs> Made is, it, for, is it worth worth the time? It's fun, bad. No. Like, it's so it's so garbage that you actually enjoy how garbage it is. Yeah right. Yeah right. And um, it, it was <laughs> I don't made. Think it, adds, it doesn't add anything. No, to the it doesn't add all. anything. It was made for sixty million, and it got a box office return of fourteen. Jeez, <laughs> it's pretty it's so trash, shit. man. It's, it's actually bad. trash. Well, I, I I don't know, man. I I think Sam, if the sequel goes in the direction of Soldier, and wants to check out something completely different, I would have been okay with that. But we know from the trailers that obviously some stuff gets relooked at because I mean Harrison Ford's like got scenes. So um, what are you guys expecting? Are from the reviews it? are really good for it. Like amazing. Well, uh, well, what are you guys wanting from it? Like the sequel. I, 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 I want the same screenplay, but I want a bit of a like. I, I, to be honest, I, I thought that, um, that if you ask me what I liked about the movie, I, I love the look and the art, artistic sort of um, the interpretations and stuff. But I thought that the movie was so slow paced and kind of boring, to be honest. So I'm hoping that the second movie has much more um, like clear points made and uh, a lot less up for my own interpretation because, um, yeah, I, I found the first one upon re-watching it quite hard to sort of concentrate through it and stuff because it was just seemed like it was uh, it was telling this story with, with all these elements and all that. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know if you I get, agree with no, I do Actually, I do kind of get what you're saying because I found that um, I agree the pacing – so there's two sides. So uh, like one, I think it's probably a bit self-indulgent, and it's but it is very deliberate in its pacing. Like it feels like nothing was really wasted, and they were trying to say something with with every scene. It's just I, I do agree. Like it's um because I don't want to say boring because I don't know if that's the right word for me and my experience. But like I was saying to Sam, like I wouldn't. If, if an opportunity came up, like I wouldn't bother going to see this in a cinema again for that experience. Like, yeah. It's, it's definitely, you're at home, turn the lights off, you know, you crack open a whiskey and you sit there and you're just going to watch something. You know what I mean? It wasn't boring the first time I watched it. Um, but upon rewatching it, I've 
I don't know. It just didn't have the the layering. Well, of course it's layered, but like layering has to be interesting for you to actually point out. Like, say, say watching a movie like uh, there's a bit off the off the bit of a segue, but a movie like Goodfellas, like you've watched it so many times, but somehow you always sort of see something new when you watch it again, right? Like, I don't know, layering, I guess it's called. But this this has all of that, right? But it's just like I don't know, slow and complicated and. Um, a, a lot of it's left for your own interpretation, so you get kind of. Um, I, I got kind of frustrated when I was watching it, if if that makes sense. For the yeah, time. I agree. I, well, I took more out of it. I think I took more out of it this time, though. Like I, I didn't I, get the whole. Yeah, go on, sir. I was just I was just going to say, um, from an entertainment perspective, it isn't. Like an entertaining sci-fi film, like it's actually something you got to you got to pay attention to. You got to sit down and really be engaged with the film, and, and kind of it's almost hard to get the dialogue because sometimes the dialogue isn't recorded all that well, and they say things. There's no sort of, as you said, Dave. There's no fluff or sort of um, some guy that's helping you along the way by providing um, what's the term? Um, uh, starts with an E. Shit, I'm losing my mind here. Um. Oh, I get shit. what you mean, though. What's You're the, talking what's about, the... like, all the contextual stuff. Like... Yeah, like, it, um, it, there's no guy. It's just the, the bang, 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 bang. You just, you just got to pick it up. Um, so, as to Rob's point, if, like, I've fallen asleep in this movie before. Like, it's not, it's, it's, it could have done with a bit of, it's like, some quicker editing and maybe dropping some of the components of the story. And I've, I've yeah. only ever, I've only ever seen the director's cut where, it's implied Deckard is a replicant as well. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a misnomer, actually, if we could talk about that for a sec, um, and if we could talk about that next. But it, at first... Um, sorry, Sam, losing my, my words here. I agree. Entertainment-wise, I don't think this is going to be um, and it ever was intended to be like an entertaining popcorn flick. And... Probably to be fair, like because Goodfellas is actually like a brilliant movie. So you're right; that's not intended to be a popcorn flick, but you're still getting entertainment value out of it every time. But I think this one is definitely more a focus on it being um, like artistic. So you're kind of going to. It's kind of like we're going to the museum this weekend to see something. So you got to be in that mindset that, like, it's a film school movie. Do you know what I mean? Like it's artistic. Yeah. It's one of those things where you're going to be writing notes. You're going to be looking at the yeah. themes. Like if you're going to write an essay on a movie. You're going to watch Year 12 to do like project on it. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's one of those movies where it's like, if I'm going to, I need to write like a, a, a piece for uni and it's got to be like a, a film that can give me a lot to work with. Like this is, this is that movie. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of agree with both of you guys. Like, as far as entertainment-wise, yeah, I, it probably isn't, like, an entertaining film, but it's definitely one that's made me think about a lot of things. So I think it's definitely a... Um, it's got a Exposition. lot of artistic... In, you're right, yeah. It doesn't yeah. doesn't have a lot of that. No, so it's... Yeah. yeah, it's definitely one of those you got to really sort of... And I, I don't want to sound like a wanker here, but if yeah. you're not a, a smart individual or you don't think beyond your own realm or you don't have a wide perspective on life you're not going to get anything out of this movie at all <laughs> but if you enjoy thinking about things in abstract terms my missus hates this movie so <laughs> <laughs> i take offense uh, man. no i don't I, I don't want to do the whole rick and morty elite fan thing right like i don't want to do that and like start placing meaning where there is none but i just think like at the same time that's the mindset you have to have when you go into it but um, getting on, moving on to the replicant thing, though. So, do you guys actually think that's the intent? Is to question whether or not he is one? Because I, I I didn't get that. Like I, I think that's I think some fan base people have just made that up themselves. Like I don't really think that's a thing. Just because the dude left it there, I think it's more that that other guy gets that Deckett's had a fucking hard time slaughtering people. It's all over. And he's like, the replicant's only got a couple years to live. I'm just letting you know that I'm watching, right? Go live the rest of your life with her type thing. Um, like, well, I don't I don't think he's intending to say, oh, you're a replicant. I'm coming after you because I left okay. a fucking origami piece. Yep. Two things. I think 
the sequel is definitely going to tell us one way or the other, so we're going to find out. And secondly, at the time, I think what when you when you make a movie, the thing you want most about, or the thing you as long as you know with commercial success, you want people to be talking about your movie, right? And one way to do that is have an amb- um, ambiguous ending, so people can debate and like we're doing now as to whether that was the intent of the filmmaker, right? And then the filmmaker will never actually say because you know, you know it's uh, it's open for interpretation. So I think my 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 in the director's cut, he I think really Scott I can't remember what he said or I did some YouTubing on this, but he pretty much said his intent was to leave it open-ending and whatever you wanted it to be, it's, it is, right? But I, I used to think, oh, that means he's a replicant. Um, but I'm kind of leaning onto your thought process, Dave, that like um, maybe he just wanted Rachel to have a good life. Like he didn't give a fuck at the end of the day. Yeah. And I, re- you know what, Sam? I reckon that's it. And I reckon Ridley Scott is just pandering to a fan base when he says, "Oh, it's up to your interpretation," because he doesn't want to call everyone an idiot. And like exactly like you said, it's just good to have. It's good to fuel that fire. Yeah, because it well, just Chris, doesn't make Christopher sense. Christopher Nolan it, does it every movie, like Dark Knight sorry. Rises, <laughs> yeah. Inception. Like, yeah, it's just what directors do. It's what they do, man. And it makes sense for it to be the case of like that other Blade Runner dude, or just the Mexican-looking guy for him to just be like, cause he already says it. Like he actually calls it out. He's like, yeah. Oh, what does he say at the, at the, it's, it's not the last scene, but it's basically when he's telling Deckett to go have a good life with Rachel. He's just saying like, yep. Go like, go fucking, you know, go be kids that whatever. Cause like, she's not going to live forever. Yeah, like, exactly. Not, it, none it of us matter. do. Yeah. Right, it's like none of us do. It's like, yeah, okay. And then he's just he's left the origami there. So I think it was more that guy was calling out that he knows she exists. He knows that Deckett's been like just banging her or whatever, or like loves her. Um, and lastly, it's like, you know what? He gives a fuck. She's gonna die in a year or two anyway. She's not hurting anyone. You've had a shit life, or you know, you need to be rewarded for slaughtering all those other people. So go go escape reality and live with her. Well, there's also the other thing where pretty much um, everyone involved at Wayland, um, no, Tyrell. Sorry, Tyrell, Tyrell, sorry, Tyrell. <laughs> like the CEO there, there is dead, There would be so right? many nerds out there freaking. Yeah, I know. Yeah, go on. The CEO is dead. The guy that makes the eyes or whatever, like all these people that are involved with building these replicants are dead, right? So it's like, it's more trouble than it's worth, if that makes sense. Just let him live. Like, who cares? If you just, if it's like, if you just treat him well and with respect, odds are, you know, they'll turn out to be normal. <laughs> they won't come to kill you. Well, I think that's more true for Rachel, just because she had that, the ability to never question where she came from. Those other robots always had that. They knew that they were robots, and they were like, they were unsatisfied with that being the answer that they were going to die in four years. Whereas she had no idea, man. So it's kind of like an ignorance is bliss type thing. She just thought she was born, thought she was an adult. So it's actually, it would be more interesting to see if they explore this in the sequel, if she was content with that, right? She knew. Yeah, she knew that by the end of it, she's like, oh, this is just fucking Tyrell's niece. Yeah, exactly. I just tried playing the piano. And it's like, yeah, okay. So that's... I wonder if she'll be happy just to live with Deckett for a year or two and, and dies, I guess. I love it. I love these sort of sci-fis that make you think. Um, another good one that's sort of like similar in vain is, have you seen Moon with Sam Rockwell? I think I have. I it's when he basically, he's on, oh, you know what? I won't ruin it when for you. When did that Go come out? out. Ooh, maybe five years ago, six years ago. Basically, Rob, he's an astronaut on, on the moon. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's amazing. He, he, some stuff, some weird stuff happens. It's pitched as a thriller, but it's actually, it's really good how it pans out. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think, um, Deckard is a replicant? Rob? Mm. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I, 
there's not enough evidence to suggest that he is, and therefore I don't, I don't know to be honest. Yeah. What do you guys think? Well, we just we just talked about when you're having another shit break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Sorry, viewers. We just uh, went over the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, sorry, viewers. I uh, we came we came, to the we came to the conclusion that really Scott did it on purpose to keep it open ended so that people will continue to bait the movie and and just yeah, of course, like, yeah, yeah, of course, he's, you know, he's, he's got no talent. <laughs> All right. Um, Actually, should we but, talk about that for just a couple? No, nah, we've already done this. We've already done the really Scott's got no talent thing. It's, it's uh, we've had this. No, no, no. But uh, also Harrison Ford and Rook Hoyer. Just quick, like just for a few minutes, because I'm oh, sure we'll be gone it. for like an hour. Yeah. So let's maybe wrap this bad boy up. All right, about, okay. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Let's let's come up with final ratings. All right, Rob, if you had, what's your rating for this? Would you go see it in the cinema, stream it, download it, or not worry about it? They run a one. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it before, see it in the cinema. But if you've seen it before, definitely uh, watch it while you're ironing. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, I guess if you haven't seen it before, would you not be pissed off that your recommendation is to watch it when you're ironing? I, I, I mean, it, you know, if I watched it for the first time, I, I really did like it the first time. But yeah, like uh, I, I'd, I'd, let, let, me give it, let me give it a number. Give it an 8 out of 10, I reckon. Maybe, a, maybe an 8 out of 10. Nice, Dave. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think definitely give it the time. I, I wouldn't bother going to a cinema to see it. I mean, as much as like it's pretty iconic, some of the scenes and all the light streaming stuff that looks awesome. I would, um, I'd seriously reckon if you got a decent sized TV at home, just fucking buy a DVD. It's like six Australian dollars. Sit down, have a whiskey, turn the lights off, and just try and get involved. Mm. Whiskey. Uh, my rating, ever... my rating would be very similar. It wouldn't be. It'd be maybe I don't know. Probably Rob. It'd probably be a seven. And Dave, I probably would say try and get free. <laughs> so I don't know. Wait for it to come on Netflix or whatever, or Stan or whatever. Maybe not actually worry about trying to purchase it. It's probably not worth it. Alrighty, that, that's such a that's such a contradictory what thing to everything you said before about it, like being a pretty deep movie and all this sort of stuff. And then you're like, oh, but only like watch if it's free. You no, but be, like, you have to be the biggest tight ass on this planet. No, if you can't you know what I mean? like, rip out six dollars fifty from JB Hi-Fi to go get a that coffee. Dickhead, I watched. I ripped that six fucking dollars fifty to watch that shit in Lost Boys last week. I'm not doing <laughs> it again. So if you can get this on, the uh, how are these the same? How are these the same rating? No, but my, my point all. is. My point is, you will if you enjoy sci-fi and you like movies that, I guess, require your attention and and require you to think, then this is a good movie to do to to, to participate in. But at the same time, to Rob's point, if you got something on, or if you, I mean, if you can get it for free, get it for free. But I mean, okay, yeah, it is worth six bucks. But my preference for trying to get this one for free. That's it. All right, listeners, hope you enjoyed that full metal flashback. Next week, guess what? We're reviewing Blade Runner 2049. And we're on Twitter, so you can find us on Twitter or on SoundCloud. The RSS feed's been updated. iTunes is updated. Um, and thanks for joining us. Until next week. <laughs>